Today on Keep Classical Weird, we talk about the classically trained pianist and pop culture phenomenon, Liberace. And near the end of the episode, I actually get to talk to Liberace himself. Are, are you familiar with the, um, with the podcast form of media? Would you say uh, the podcast? I'm, I'm learning. I'll say that. I'm a slow learner when it comes to television sets and eight tracks and Walkmans. I'm doing my best. Welcome, friends, to episode nine of Keep Classical Weird. I am your host, Casey Bozell, and today we're talking about Liberace. Now, Liberace passed away when I was very young, so I only associated his name with a few splashy things, like the fact that he wore rings on his fingers when he performed and had a candelabra on the piano, but his life was, of course, so much more intricate than that. He was quite a singularity in the music scene, and I wanted to know more. So I reached out to interview Portland's own Liberace expert, David Safford. Liberace was born in 1919 on uh, May 16th in West Allis, Wisconsin, which at the time I think was just outside Milwaukee, Wisconsin, but now, you know, as cities grow, it's a suburb. He always told people he was born in 1920. He thought that was easier for people to remember than 1919. And I think that's so funny. Like, why? 1919 is pretty easy to remember. Who we know as Liberace, he, when when he was born, his name was Vwaju Valentino Liberace. Could you spell that first name you just said? <laughs> okay, I think I think it's W L, and the L ha- so it's Polish. Okay. Um, so the W is a V sound. The L had a little slash through it, uh-huh. which gives it um, a W, like a W sound. W L A D Z I U, I think, is how he's Wow. I wonder why he didn't think Americans would catch on to that. When he got to be pretty well known, when he got his TV show, then he just legally, I believe, went under Liberace. And even at that time, people couldn't pronounce his name, <laughs> even with Liberace. People called him Liberace. <laughs> right. you know because it's an italian his dad was italian his mom was polish um so Vladu was polish um mm. liberace was italian uh but people just didn't necessarily they like right away they didn't say liberace they, I, I would look at it too and probably go oh liberace mm-hmm. um, but yeah he would he always tried to get people to say his name right liberace's father salvatore played french horn with the milwaukee symphony and raised all three of his children in a musical family. Liberace showed promise early on the piano and got a huge scholarship to study and travel as a performing musician. But his identity, as we really know him now, can actually be traced back to a specific night. After he gave a particular concert, he was known from then on as Mr. Showmanship. So he's there in lacrosse, and and I guess at the end of his classical concerts, he'd have an audience request section. Which I find amazing. I can't. Can you imagine like having an audience request section? You're like, hey, would you play the second movement of the Mendelssohn Violin Concerto? 
Like, what? That's not on my list today. Thank you. Oh, I know. I can't imagine it either. Like, hey, would you play Chopin's Nocturne in D flat? Or I'm like, what? Um, But he would do this at the end of his concerts. And one night in lacrosse, an audience member requested a song called Three Little Fishies. And now I know this song because I, I did an Andrews sister review and the Andrews sister sang this song and it's, it's not much of a song. It's like, the, have you ever heard this song? I don't know. I don't like, know it. It goes. It's, it's silly. It's, okay. it's like almost a children's song. And so he considers it. He's like, okay. So he plays it. And then he realizes, you know, this is too easy. I can't end on this. This is like, this is child's play. This is like the easy note version, <laughs> you know, but he's like, so he decided to play it in a couple different styles. He thought, oh, I'm going to play Three Little Fishes in the style of Beethoven, in the style of uh, Strauss, you know, the Waltz King, in the style of, oh, I don't know, Haydn or something. And it just improvised his way through it and the audience went crazy and he got like not only applause but laughter and hooting and hollering you, you know as a classical musician how often do you get a response where people are like hooting like whooping, yeah. and hollering. <laughs> you know we get like the polite pli- the applause right well he's like i need more of this and and what how like he loved it and so he started incorporating more um popular music of the day into his programs but he kind of crafted it the way he did three little fishes he had a version of mac the knife which is kurt vile you know originally from three penny opera but he would do that in classical styles and so it it was a gateway of uh i guess bridging classical music and popular music at the time from that night in La Crosse, Wisconsin, his popularity took off. And with a soaring popularity, another rapid trajectory came through in his shows. His increasingly extraordinary sense of fashion. Uh, his TV shows in the 50s, he always had black tails. But there was a point where he was playing in the Holly, at the Hollywood Bowl with an orchestra. And he, he was standing at the top looking down and he started thinking he thought oh my god here's all these all these musicians are in black tails i'm playing a black piano who's gonna see me if i'm also wearing black tails so he decided to wear white tails which was a huge statement we wouldn't think anything about that today but especially a huge statement because I, at that time, too, you had people like Cab Calloway and Duke Ellington wearing white tails. And, 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 he just, and he wanted to wear white tails as well. So that was a very big statement. Mm-hmm. So once he, once he did that, the reviews came out and they were like, Liberace came on and white tails. Like, I think even before any talking about any of the music, it was his wardrobe was talked about first. Well, then he wanted to go further. And his costumer who made his black tails for his TV series started to get a little more creative just with the idea of tuxes. So, um, you know, changed the colors a little bit, uh, but kind of kept it tux coat looking. 
But then it didn't take long. I mean, he kept ha- he kept wanting to top himself. But topping himself suddenly became Las Vegas and sequins and rhinestones and and feathers. And it's just a bit and lighting your outfits too. You know, he had these capes and outfits that had um, light bulbs, basically. I mean, maybe maybe more like Christmas lights. Sure. But he'd have have the battery packs, you know, inside these capes. I can't imagine. I don't even know what they what they weighed. And he always said he said he had every his weight would fluctuate. So he said that he had his outfits in three sizes. He's. I don't know if this is appropriate by today's standards, but he he said he said his outfits were in um, thin, fat, and impossible. <laughs> <laughs> There's this famous outfit he wore at Radio City Music Hall, where he comes out. He looks like like a gigantic bird. The amount <laughs> of feathers, and I think he came out of like a Fabergé egg. Too. There's like some what? some human size Fabergé egg that opens up and he comes out. <laughs> like that's so funny to think. How do you go from black tails, traditional classical music, <laughs> to a uh, Fabergé? I mean, that's like a that seems like a Lady Gaga entrance. That seems like a very totally. over well, the top. And we can we can completely credit. You know, a lot of people ask, like, hey, is Elton John? Liberace must have gotten it from Elton John. It's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Liberace did all of this first. Liberace's musicianship, rapport with an audience, an incredible spectacle was able to appeal to people far and wide. He did a great job making everyone feel comfortable and welcome. Everything I get from all these people is that he was the most, he was the warmest most generous, wonderful human being, whether on stage or not. And I, I love watching videos after after his performances. He'll be out signing, uh, you know, signing books or merchandise. And just, it's the same warmth on stage that you see off stage. The women, the women loved him. Some of the men loved him, but the, but the men usually got dragged the women would be like we're going to go see Liberace and then men were like you you go do that and they're like you're coming with and there's all these all these I've seen these videos too where they talk to these men outside you know and they go you know I got drug here but I am so glad this was the most wonderful show they go I would totally come back and see this this gentleman perform again they he had a way of just like making everyone so happy in the audience, even those people that didn't want to be there. For a long time, in my childhood at least, the name Liberace, however much it should have been synonymous with generous human, fantastic musician, was actually code for someone who was in the closet. And to his dying day, Liberace never came out. Now, there may have been many reasons as to why, but the era in which he flourished was not a kind one to any queer-identified individual. Today, we're so used to, you know, my God, if you look at Netflix, there's a whole, you know, LGBTQ-themed, I mean, like, you know, we, we have that. But in right. the 80s, what did we have for TV or, or movies? And if they, were, if they were homosexual characters, they either commit suicide, uh, something terrible, the relationship never worked out, 
with a same sex partner. Um, there was always just like, or, or they were the joke. They were the, butt. right. They were like the, the punchline. Yeah. It's so interesting. I have, because I have a lot of, uh, books of his and, and like picture books where here he is with like say uh, scott thorson who was who was probably the most famous lover of his i mean they made the movie about it they made behind the candelabra with matt damon and michael douglas and right um and you see you see liberace and this other guy and they're both wearing matching like white snowy beaver coats <laughs> What part of you? What part of you would say, "Oh, that's adorable." They can't be. They they must not be a couple. I don't. I don't know. I I should. I don't want to. I don't want to generalize. But when I look at these pictures of him and the guys that they were always in the pictures with him, Scott Thurston. Scott Thurston was on stage with him. You know, driving him, driving him on stage in his Rolls Royce and Liberace definitely. Like he wanted to be remembered as a piano player and he he did not want to be known at all as homosexual. And unfortunately, when he died, you know, the, his manager just told everyone, oh, yeah, he was uh, Lee was doing this particular diet. It was something to do with like a watermelon diet it had to do with like anemia or something. And uh, a bunch of the media were like, we demand an autopsy. And they somehow, they got it. They got the autopsy and it came out, I think, just a few days later. No, in fact, Liberace did die from complications due to HIV. But they wouldn't have even, they would not have even known. We wouldn't have known. We would still be speculating to this day. So wait, the media asked for an autopsy? I believe it was the media and there was a lawyer. um, Somehow a lawyer got involved and um, yeah, they, they demanded an autopsy and it went back and forth between Liberace's people and this other lawyer, you know, like, no, you can't have it. We demand it. No, you can't have it. And finally somehow they got it. And, and, and then, you know, connect the dots, especially at that time, you know, I mean, I mean, what an unfortunate time, but yeah, Liberace, he never came out. And uh, you always wonder like, is it cause like, was he afraid to tell his family was he afraid? Here's all these women, you know, that came to his audience. I mean, was he afraid he was going to lose his audience? And I have my own theory, if you want to hear. I would love to hear your theory, of course. I, well, I think that he he kind of screwed himself back in the late 50s. He got over to, he, he did a couple command performances for Queen Elizabeth. And there was one, and, and England loved him, loved him. And uh, in the late fifties, he went over there, and someone from a particular newspaper, who actually had a pen name, his name was Cassandra, had um, written a preview article about Liberace coming to perform in England, and he said some. He was very against Liberace very against his playing, very against him as a person, and said some things that today we'd look at it and go, wait a minute, I don't understand, like, what's so wrong with this? But the language he used basically outed Liberace. And he said things like, I know, like, fruit-flavored was there. 
and it's stuff that today we just be like, okay, I don't, I don't know that that phrase, but they, but they were things that he he was basically telling the world, this guy is homosexual, and Liberace got there, and apparently his mom saw the article, and and Liberace's like, oh my god, like his mom just like it just it stressed her out, um, oh. you know, she didn't know. Oh, and wow. he's he's still like he wanted to keep this to himself, and so he sued the newspaper, and he had all of these. I don't remember how long this went on for, but he had he had like a British uh, trial. <laughs> so he talks about you know the powder, the wigs, and everything, and he said he talks about he talks for chapters in this one book of mine about this trial. Basically, him trying to say, you know, trying trying to say, I am, I am not homosexual. He gets asked that, so so he swears in, and he does get asked by the judge, "Are you homosexual?" And he said, "No." Hmm. And then he won, like he won a big sum of money for it. But what I think it did was because of that trial, and because under oath he said, "I am not homosexual." I think that set the stage for the rest of his life that he he couldn't he couldn't say. Now, at this point in the interview, I asked David, who has a very special connection with Liberace, if I could speak to him directly. So here's a clip from that fun conversation. Thank you so much for being on this podcast, um, Mister. Can I just call you Liberace? Casey, you can call me Lee. Lee. That's, what, that's what all my friends call me and I know we've only known each other for a couple of seconds but I already feel like a friend of yours that's so sweet uh, uh, I feel honestly. like a friend of yours too thank you well, isn't that marvelous so this is you know a strictly uh audio um format that we're doing here so would you oh it's more like a radio interview it's more like <laughs> a radio Okay, then I understand that. Sure. Okay. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So so if you were, you know, on the radio, I'm sure you'd want to know that your listeners at home would want to know what you're wearing right now. <laughs> I've been told I have a I have a face for radio. You know, <laughs> right now I'm going to tell you I'm just in my pajamas. Which which is a smart pink sequin pantsuit. I left the cape off because I'm 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 coming to you from Palm Springs where it's about 108 today and so I'm just I'm just wearing as light of an outfit as I can. Sequins don't breathe a whole lot. I was going to ask are you, so are you planning to um like is this you're wearing pajamas is this what you wear to bed? Oh, I haven't tried it yet. You know, I just like to be seen. I hope that if people pass the house that they can look inside and see what I'm wearing. I think it's important to be noticed and recognized and seen. That would be the way to do it. <laughs> uh, uh, sure. I'd sure. imagine. <laughs> um, so you've, I mean, you've had so many, so many concerts all around the world. You've played so much music. What, if you could point to one specific piece that you think was your favorite to play, what would that be? You know, as much as I enjoy playing the popular music, the Broadway tunes, and and you know today's greatest '70s hits. I really, 
I really enjoy Chopin. Hmm. You know, my my mother was Polish, and and as a child, Paderewski was my favorite piano player. And of course, Paderewski was very well known for playing Chopin, probably the greatest piano composer that ever came out of Poland. So I feel a great connection with him. And anytime I can play a Chopin polonaise or nocturne, well, I, I just feel right at home. Oh, that's so nice. And I imagine your audience just adores hearing Chopin, too. Well, they put up with it, and then I give them the razzle-dazzle, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness uh you mentioned your mother um i know that she's i know that she too is a fan of yours and comes to your my shows mother, and definitely my biggest fan she she would come to as many of my shows as possible you know i'd give her half off tickets <laughs> oh I'm, <laughs> I'm that's a joke no you know my she would she would come so often and, and i would point her out in the audience and she'd, she'd have a good time. And, and, and I wanted the audience to be friends with her as much as I wanted them to be friends with me. Oh, that's and they so nice. did. That's yeah. God so bless her. Nice. Oh, that's so lovely. That's so lovely that she's so supportive of your shows. too. She's off. She was awfully supportive. I mean, she, she's gone now, but, but she still looks down and tells me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> to spend my money <laughs> oh my goodness is that's that's any uh any um recent requests or recent um recent demands of how to spend your money as of late oh. ah, from my mother you know no I, I i love houses and <laughs> I'm always on the lookout for another for another house or or condo, and uh, but no, at at this moment, no. All right, always on the look. How many houses? Well, right now I I'm, I'm down to five. Oh. Yeah, I had to get rid of a few, but the, <laughs> there it's a lot to maintain. You know, it's 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 almost impossible to live in seven houses at the same time. <laughs> at least that's what I'm told. <laughs> <laughs> Almost impossible, but not, but not quite. But not, no, I'm doing my best. <laughs> no, no, but I do love my Palm Springs home, and that's where I'm coming to you from right now. I love it. I love it. Um, what is your, when you're performing, what is your favorite thing to do with an audience? I would say just merely giving them my piano playing what giving them the music i think i think that's the most important i think music is so universal don't you absolutely and anyone can really enjoy any kind of music that we have and so that's that's number one is i want to give them this this joy of music and of course of course i want to tell them about my rings I like to, I like to get you know in front and just let them check out the rings and the fur coats and but but really I think it comes down to the music for me. That's wonderful. One of you get you get such a wonderful response from your Thank music. You. you bring such a great <laughs> such a great presentation to your audience. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. 
Casey. I really thank you for your time. And thank you so much for, for coming on my little podcast. I really well, I you. wish I could stay longer. I've got about 27 dogs <laughs> at this home and it's lunchtime. Oh, dear. Oh, and they just won't have it if I don't feed them. Oh, well, then please oh. go go feed them. And thank you so much for your time. I appreciate uh, it. Thank you, Casey. I, I forgot what radio station this is going to be on, but I... <laughs> You'll let me know, right? You bet. Okay, okay. And that's our show for today. Many thanks to David Safford and Liberace for showing me such a fun time. Our theme music is composed by Thomas Barber, a spectacle in his own right. Check out his stuff at thomasbarber.com. Web development support is provided by Tina at citybeautifuldesign.com. Keep Classical Weird is created and edited by me, Casey Bozell. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Patreon. Feel free to reach out and email us with questions, comments, and even episode ideas at keepclassicalweird at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Stay safe and stay weird.